I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost for Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined, as ever, by Bradley Todd. Bradley, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are we? Yeah, good. I just forenamed you twice, so it must be a good day. Um, <laughs> I don't don't normally forename you twice, so I, no. I look forward to doing that. Um, I never know what I'm going to get. No, it's, I think that's <laughs> quite exciting. It's what I like to do. I like to keep you on your toes. Um, you know, I think you know where you're at week to week with uh, with golf betting. So I've got to throw some surprises in there for you. Right. Well, um, a little program though actually i think we'll do uh so we are going to go tuesday next week um just a couple of scheduling issues uh mainly on my behalf i'm trying to juggle a lot of things at the moment so i'm going to go over tuesday show next week just for people that uh normally tune in and would expect this on a monday um the other thing is just i don't normally do this and i try to avoid doing it on twitter and as does brad and jason but if we can get people to sort of rate review and subscribe to the podcast um you know that goes an awful long way especially at this time of year when you know golf's at its lowest and nfl's on and all that sort of thing there's different priorities so um for, for people that kind of support the podcast in, in many different ways if you, if you could do those things as well that'd be great um so that's those things that's the official things out of the way brad mm-hmm. um golf yesterday Oof. i think it's so you had two in the running um yes one of them, I don't think you can have any complaints about. I think one just got beat, right? No. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, Smith was just a better player. Jordan Smith was incredible yesterday, wasn't he? I think. Did, mm-hmm. what, did, yes. Gavin, did Gavin Green pick up like nine shots over a certain period of time and didn't actually move forward once? Yeah, didn't even didn't make any like, any headway, did he? Yeah. Um, and then obviously we'll we'll come on to Ben Griffin a little bit, but but touching mm-hmm. on Jordan Smith first, that's been coming, hasn't it? Like I know we kind of dogging him a little bit not in the same way we do like kind of Mansell and people like that. Like, I think we always believed he could win, but mm-hmm. never thought he was great value. And I still don't like, I don't look back at last week and think I should have bet or anything like that because no. the odds are what they are. But um, as soon as he found a putting straight, that was always going to happen. It's hundred percent. We, we both said it and we both big him up on so many occasions said that this is a perfect course for Jordan Smith. But when he's 16 to one and you, you see him like falter in that position on so many occasions, you, it's a tough one, isn't it? You just don't you don't go there. And then last week, it's just all come together. He found a found his putting stroke, and uh, he was just unbelievable. And um, yeah, fair play to him. It, it, I suppose Jason will be upset who isn't actually here tonight. Who I think for every year running has told us that Jordan Smith is going to win the Portugal Masters. Doesn't bet him because he's sixteen mm-hmm. to one, and then obviously he goes on to win. Um, yep. But to go from basically, generally speaking, the worst putter most weeks to actually leading the field last week. Uh, gaining 7.9 strokes is is utterly ridiculous. Um, it is. You know, he had he had one round where he was outside the top 10 for putting, and that was in round two. Uh, Gavin Green gained nearly eight strokes as well. Pepper all gained over seven strokes. So the top three, um, you know, in, in the putting statistics, finished inside the top four. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it tells you what you need to know about Portugal. It was, it was a putting contest, which I think we kind of know in advance anyway, right? Like, that's not yeah. a big surprise. Um was there any sort of takeaways that you had from it other than how good Jordan Smith was? No, not really, to be honest. I mean, obviously, just when you're on Gavin Green, you, you're, you're gutted to bits because any other year, that would have been enough to win. Yeah. Um, so it is a bit of a choker in that sense. But look, you can't take anywhere from 
what Smith did. So he just got beaten by the better man. Um, other than that, um, no, not really much else to really take away, to be honest. Um, no. I think I think uh, Renato Paratori was unfortunate, wasn't he? The whole like a fifty odd foot putt oh, on the last. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they said, "Oh, it might be enough." And I think he actually finished one one eight. Have those rankings? I haven't looked today. Have they confirmed those rankings now? Because they, they keep saying provisional. Yeah, because I mean Frederick Lacroix, he was having an absolute. He had so much joy as well at some point um, that he just kept on shooting himself in the foot. Uh, he was on the bubble. I think he made a bogey at the wrong time, but he still shot 64, made a good go at it. Yeah. I think he lost his card. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it was a tense affair for a lot of them, wasn't it? So it still says on the website, provisional cutoff, but Renato Peratore, 118, Garcia Heredia, 119, Van Roy, 120, I think he's obviously still got status, Frederick Lacroix, 121, you just mentioned, Gouvier, 122, is one of your people you picked last week and then you've got yeah. Laporta, Horsey, Van Tonda, Loughton. Um, you know, that, that's a that's a big list of players that, you know, are missing yeah. out. You know, it's tough. I mean, at least there's Q school this year, so there's chances for them to go back in. Um, well, that's it, yeah. But, yeah, I thought, it, and to be honest, it was quite interesting to see Smith go right up into the top 10 of those rankings. Um, I know Moronk was eight, which I thought was actually quite a surprise when you look at who else is in the top 10 um, and where they would have played to get there but otherwise really really impressive Adrian Otegi 11th who actually went back and played uh, on live last week as well so um, yeah. he might not be so popular this time around but um, <laughs> yeah I think it was a, a fun event in times Pepperell did probably what you'd expect from Pepperell and the fact that he, he did really well and just wasn't quite enough um, yeah I don't. If I'd thought he was going to get to thirty, I probably wouldn't have expected him to want it. You mm-hmm. know, I think I think that does go a bit beyond what he can do. Um, yeah. I know he can go low, and I wouldn't have picked him for the Portugal Masters if I didn't think he could. But I mean, thirty under was was ridiculous. Him, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Smith and Gavin Green were ridiculous. Yeah, and another two. Um, obviously, Alex Fitzpatrick, another good week for him. Yeah. Um, and he looked like notably frustrated out there that he didn't do better. You yeah. know, like he sit all over his face. I think he's going to the against Corn Ferry. Yeah, yeah Corn Ferry School, which I can see him doing well there. You know, he's played a lot of his golf out in the states, so he'd be comfortable. To be honest, um, that's where he's going to want to be, right? I think if, yeah, I think if he can get yeah. himself he's onto the Corn Ferry, player, get himself onto PGA, I think he could. Mm. I think he's the type that could very quickly get him off that Corn Ferry tour. Maybe mm-hmm. not in the sense of going and winning three times and getting shot off, but like a. Yeah. Especially the Corn Ferry tour finals, if she starts opportunity mm-hmm. after a couple of good weeks to get off. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that's everything for the Portugal Masters I wanted to touch. Mm-hmm. Um, Bermuda, let, let's talk about it. Um, oh, it was really weird. like go through like two rounds. I, I was quite excited with where I was with quite a few oh, of my picks. Marty Doe and Ben Griffin. Marty yeah. Doe was there. You were happy with with Ben Griffin. Obviously, wasn't yeah. on with you. Zheng Shen mm-hmm. Doe was up there, wasn't he? After two sixty five. Yeah, yeah. Um, Russell Knox was playing well. Uh, Brian Stewart was playing well. And they all just absolutely shit the bed. Even Aaron Rye, to a certain extent, didn't get oh, to the fastest start. No. Like, I couldn't believe how badly some of them played over the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. One of the ones I was really happy about, actually, Batia actually finished 17th, and he sort of was steady all week, whereas Do kind of fell to that and then recovered on Sunday. Um, you know, Knox was well-positioned and, and fell away with 272s. Like... That's a really bad sign, I think, for people like Knox. And then you look at the final leaderboard. Seamus Power wins. 
Dietrich second. They're two of the best players in the field. Yeah. Uh, ben Griffin third with Patrick Rogers and Kevin Yu. I think we kind of touched upon Kevin Yu a decent amount. Uh, I know mm-hmm. you spoke about him with Andy Lack on his podcast, which yeah. I found yeah. after the event. Um, and then, yeah, I think... I don't think there was any real surprises. I suppose badly a little bit. I was going to say, I bet you were hoping badly. Yeah. Gonna, uh, as soon as I was, was a point where he was coming back into it, I was like, oh, I bet Tom's having kids when, right now. When he was on a 14, I think, he bogeyed 15 and 18, luckily, and didn't birdie the par 5 as well. So Because I think he went in the water as well, where Ben Griffin did with a 9 yeah. off the tee. Uh, yeah. He still had a chance yeah. at birdie. He did. Yeah, exactly the same shot. Um, and then Brian Gay just continues to make it the, the Brian Gay Reader Championship, doesn't he? Uh, does, yeah. Bad, bad final round. But um, a couple of players I think were worth talking about. Harrison Endicott has now uh, caught my eye a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what he is, what he's going to offer uh, season long. But I think maybe in just these kind of smaller events, um, I'd probably keep tabs on him. That's a 12th at the Fortinet Championship yeah. and a 10th at the Bermuda. Um, even at the the shrines he started well before tailing off. Do you know much about Endicott? Not not an awful lot. He's not even someone like a player that I could really pigeonhole on the Corn Ferry Tour. You know how you can sort of get players and you sort of like, you sort of, he's going to show up here, he's going to show up there. I've always struggled um, with Endicott. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, a, he's another one that I need to also do a bit more homework on. Yeah, I agree. Let and then the eye. he does, doesn't he? And then Alex Smaller, we kind of touched upon them finish maybe where we expected Alex Smaller to finish. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't want to go too hard on him. Um, so, yeah, I think there wasn't really any great surprises. There's a couple of players I will uh, talk about for the mic over, which, you know, we'll come on to later. But yeah. um, let's talk about Griffin. What. <sighs> What I mean, he has to take away the fact that he got himself into position, right? Like he he mm-hmm. can't, you know, go through eleven holes. How many how many how many shots ahead was he on after the birdie in eleven? Was it two, two shots? Two? Yeah, um, yeah, two shots. So even as well as he was playing, he was never runaway leading, right? Like Powell yeah. was putting the pressure on. Uh, then he goes bogey, 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 double bogey. Sorry to kind of recount what happened no, no. there. I, um, I know it all too well. <laughs> What I mean was it like it looked at, like a couple of the highlights and his stroke looked a bit dodgy on the putting oh, surface. It's, it was the the putter went first. Yeah. And he, he missed he missed I think like a, a five footer and then like a three footer terrible stroke. Yeah. Uh, and he's had such a good stroke for most part of the week. And then and then it ca- then came the two shots. You know you can the wind is up. You know it's never easy. You know when you're holding the lead of a. You never won a PGA Tour event, and you've got the wind up your ass and everywhere else as well. Um, and he could tell the nerves were creeping in. Um, the tee shots were going everywhere. He put it in the, um, the jungle, put it in the water a couple of times, and it's just. And then he was making like some great recovery shots and giving himself a look for like par, but he wouldn't make it, you know. Um, but it was just, it was sad to see. Like obviously. He's not just um, not because you're on him, because of his story as well. You yeah. know, he was working in an office, like doing mortgage about a year or so ago, yeah. or over a year ago, and then he's. Um, but it's just uh, he'll he'll come again. He'll learn from that experience. It was uh, it was one hell of a collapse, and it wasn't an easy watch. Um, but he gave us a good run. You know, as long as you, if you've got someone in contention on a Sunday, I mean, 
So well, you can ask for. Tri- triple digits. So I mean, was he 150? 110 to one. Yeah. yeah, 110 to one. Yeah. This is this is a guy now that, like you say, mortgage officer 18 months ago. He had one on the on the Canadian tour in 2018. Uh, so he'd been around and, and done some stuff, but still hasn't won at any level other than that. Like he didn't win on the Corn Free Tour to get promoted. He had a couple of seconds, no. didn't he? Uh, three seconds, I think he had. Uh, yes. And a fourth at the Wyndham Championship, which was really impressive. So. Mm-hmm. I think I think he ultimately has to take uh, the positives from it. There, there should probably be long enough between events um, where you'll back him again that he might provide some value further down the line. I think, like, yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think them sort of like this. I, I, I got put on him really because I know he puts well on Bermuda because of his, where he's showing up on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, and then and then the Lacombe Suncoast Classic. Bahamas, Great Azuma, classic. That, that was at Sandals Emerald Bay. So it's sort of like you can tell he likes a coastal test. So keep in mind, like Sony Open or, you know, um, oh, what else? The, the RSM Classic and uh, Heritage, you know, it could, could well show up there. So I guess I guess the burning question when you say coastal event is, does this one qualify? And the only thing I would say is, yes, it's in close proximity to the coast but it's got a lot of jungle around it yeah it's a bit more and... wind protected isn't yeah it? it's tighter and it and it's sheltered and there are certain holes that are exposed to wind and stuff but generally speaking it's a That's bit right it yeah. sort of goes in and out doesn't it a bit of jungle mm. around there and more hazardous so would you go back to him no um uh, not this week no i would if it was say if he didn't show up last week yeah. this was his first event of the but I think he's going to take a little while to recover from that, honestly. Plus, I, I do. you know, you've got a, a real improvement in field this week. And, and let's go into that. I mean, you've got, mm-hmm. you've got Scotty Scheffler who's world number two, Victor Hovland, Tony Finau, Conor Rocara, Billy Horschel, uh, your top five players and also the top five in the betting. Um, yeah. You know, I, I thought I kind of put a tweet out saying it was a bit of a stacked field and maybe I was a bit premature on that because I'd actually tweeted it before the final field. I was just looking through the uh, commitments. Yeah. Uh, and kind of just tweets it out and said, "Ask oh, a stat field," and then the full field come out, and you think, "Okay, that is actually the five, really." It um, is the five, yeah. But no, I still think it is a, a decent showing uh, like for it. this event. Yeah. I know you get we've had Justin Thomas here in the past. Um, but I think you do get a decent. More was making his debut as well. So, yeah, and, like yeah. I, th- I think I think they are showing an interest in it, and what it does is it does present value for the rest of the field. Now, mm-hmm. I think we've both kind of were interested in people at the top of the market um i'm not going to go to scottish Sheffield, despite the fact he's obviously got clear mm-hmm. claims uh victor hovland if he wins three times in a row he wins three times in a row great yeah. uh, at 10 to 1 so i'm coming to tony female first who mm-hmm. so the only concern with him and i'll get that out of the way is that he hasn't played this season like he hasn't played since the tour championship is he going to be rusty uh all those kind of things right but mm-hmm. If, if we think back to, and it's, it's a long time ago now, uh, his first win in 2016, he wins in Puerto Rico. Obviously, that's on Pas Palum grass. Mm-hmm. Um, it took him five years to win again, but now he's won three times since. So that's four, you know, four wins on the PJ Tour, three in the last, you know, that's a 16, 18 months, whatever. Finished the season off really, really well. Uh, mm-hmm. It looked in good shape, you know, even in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So ninth, uh, fifth at the FedEx St. Jude and ninth at the Tour Championship in terms of 72 hole scoring. I think he's he's probably been a bit overlooked here. I know you, you can't really make him shorter because you've got Hovland and Scheffler there, but like 
when I think about Aaron Wise, who I actually was quite interested in until I saw the odds come out, like yeah, I can't make him basically the same price. Like he was eighteen to one before you know we started this fee now, and, and Wise is eighteen to one. Like mm-hmm. that that feels a little bit. And you look at what's required here: par four scoring. Um, the, the winners here in three of the last four years have led that. Hovland was second the second time around he won, and no one's ranked outside the top seven for par five par four scoring. Finau is 57 under par on par fours over the last six months in 46 rounds. Um, no one is close to that for people to play more rounds than him. I think Sun James played 42 and he's a little bit behind, but um, you know that, that's just a great effort. Then you've got two top eight finishes and a 16th in his five starts here. And two years ago, he was second going into the weekend. Okay, he didn't win there, but we know two years ago he hadn't got the kind of monkey off his back again. Yeah, I just think. This laid-back Finau now, he's got these four wins under his belt. He's coming to Mexico mm-hmm. first start of the season. Um, probably going to play a bit freer than he ever has done here before. The obvious thing is that... And, it, and this is... There's a fine line here that, like... Mm-hmm. People think that long hitters don't do well here because it's a shorter course. And there's a fine line between they don't do well and, and you're negating their best asset, right? And there's no doubt yeah. that you're taking... Yeah, yeah the best asset out of Scotty Scheffler and Tony Finau's hand, but that's also true of Victor Hovland, who's that's here. That's exactly. Oh, yeah. I made that exact note as well. When yeah. Today. yeah. So I think I think what you've got to understand is that like these long hitters are now able to club down, and, and we hear this all the time, right? Like DJ clubs down, Woodland clubs down, and, and they succeed. Yeah. So it's not it's not like I'm giving out you know breaking news here, but my point is I, th- I think he's a little bit overlooked because of that. Uh, aspect. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I really like Tony Field now. It was a long way of saying that I like Field now. No, um, honestly, I can't argue with any of that. I think the first point you said was the only reason why yeah. I'm not taking him this week is the just that little bit of unknown about what his first event back uh, since the Tour Championship. You know, is he going to come back firing? He could well do, and I wouldn't be surprised me at all because of the way he, he finished off the year. You know. Um, but that's just that little bit of concern was enough for me just to look elsewhere. Yeah, no, I understand that. So then the next person who I generally look at almost every time uh, when he tees it up, I always think he's really good value, especially when he comes down to the DP World Tour. Uh, mm-hmm. Billy Horschel for you, Brad. Um, yeah. Same sort of price as Fino, 18 to 1. Mm-hmm. It, I think the thing I like about Horschel is I sometimes think that he's overlooked and he's a big price. Um, you know, you see him in like 40s and 50s and bigger fields and stuff. So I always find it hard when he is the most obvious. So mm-hmm. the only reason I didn't take him is because I took Fee now. That there is there is yeah. no negatives to him. I mean, you look at it and he's got what six, seven starts here, one missed cut, and he's got four finishes, five finishes inside the top 30, one outside the top 30. Like that's right. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? And even last year when he was 33rd, he was fifth going into the weekend. Mm-hmm. What what do you like about Billy Horshaw that isn't the fact he was fifth, eighth and 13th here? Um, so you can also look at his form, like his results elsewhere, strength in his case. You know, it's got second at the RSM Classic, tied fifth at the Heritage, tied seventh at the Sony, top 10 even at the WC Mexico Championship, just a bit of location form there. And, I just, I just feel that Billy doesn't get the credit he deserves. I, we know he's not always the most popular of players with the fans, but you know he's, he's a seven-time PGA Tour winner, 16th in the world rankings now. And um, I just think on this course, 
he shouldn't be 18 to 1, 20 to 1 what he opened. You know, that's just far too big. Um, he was really good last time out of the CJ Cup. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry. And uh, he was ranked uh, third on approach, eighth in ball striking, third around the greens, just a uh, bad putting week. Yeah. He ranked out 40th. Um, and yeah, as you said earlier, he's just got a great record here. And I can just, I can just see him. I can see him winning this. Um, and his recent form is excellent. Three top tens in his last three starts. I just, I don't know what more there is. I, I just, uh, I just absolutely love Horsham this week. So yeah, yeah look, fun. you got you got a ninth and a tenth when he's played in the DP World Tour at Wentworth and the Dunhill Links. But mm. if it was that, and then he dropped off to thirty fifth on the PJ Tour, I'd be like, okay, he's he's not adjusted bull- yet. Yeah, like he's bullying. The, the DP World Tour and you know there's, there's a clear goal from quality right but comes yeah. straight back and you know three weeks later finishes seventh at the CJ Cup which you know probably isn't a course that suits him that well um, as a 68, 67 and a 66 that week just one bad day really which was a 72 yeah. so it's not even a bad day is it like it's it's a mm-hmm. just a, a struggling day like you say with the putter and things like that I imagine a lot of his woes on the putting you know happened in that Saturday so I think with with Horschel, when you see that it's his passing that's causing him the issues, like you know it's going to come back at some point because that's a strength of his. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I can't find anything really uh, down on Billy Horschel other than the fact that I just like Fina. So you know, yeah. um, I think it's a surprise really that two of us are at the uh, at the top there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I like that. I like the fact that we've got two strong picks at the top of the board. Yeah, I like both of them. Yeah. Um, did you have any interest in? There's a sort of second tier here now of Wise, Montgomery, McNeely, Hoagie, Grillo. Wise hasn't won in so long. I know he threatens, but how can he be the same price as Billy Horschel? So that just doesn't sit right with me. Um, <clears throat> McNeely is another one I'd put with. I think Wise should be more like McNeely's price. Yeah. I think Tom, Tom Hoagie's probably the one, like, there's no one hitting. It's, it's a, it feels like a Tom Hoagie course. I mean, he's shown up here in the past. Um, you know, he's got all that comp course history as well elsewhere. Like Tom Hoagie was, uh, I think, is a good bet at 25s, but I didn't get there. But he was the closest, I think, in that area. Yeah, so I think Tom Hoagie is, is probably the one. But he's had that third place finish, hasn't he, in the past? But he's, other than that, he's actually struggled a bit here, which I found quite surprising given yeah. his kind of links to Sony Open and things like that. And I think sometimes that you just look at it and think maybe they, they just don't like the course. And even though they should do, like mm-hmm. his third place finish is actually a bit more of a you know anomaly, really. I mean, he shot at the second round 66 last year, but two missed cuts, the 61st, the 63rd, and the 44th. I know he's massively improved and in good form. So mm-hmm. I would probably say that he's still absolutely fine um, just yeah. because of the way he's playing I mean look 12th, 4th, 9th, 13th oh, his recent form is unbelievable Yeah, he he's exceptional I think he's taken a real step on um, yeah, I think you know, I spoke to him kind of in 2020 on the podcast and even mm-hmm. then he was kind of saying that he was being invited into Ryder Cup discussions by Furyk and stuff like that and he was never going to get onto that team looking at you know retrospectively but you know yeah. it, it's amazing what his mindset was at the time mm-hmm. I think Jason agrees with me on Tony Fee now, just speaking for him, and he does love Tom Hoagie as well. Um, he basically agrees with everything I said about Tony Fee now. Um, he doesn't mind the gap in, in play. He thinks he's on another level and would expect him to beat Scotty Scheffler there in a match bet. So that was an interesting note from him. 
um, on Tom Hoagie, he said that um, he he liked the Northern Trust kind of link that he was fourth there behind Finau. He's played well at the Farmers and the Sony. He likes that. He's finding greens for fun, and he's got a quality off the tee game. It's very high in tee screen, GAR, and now putting. Um, so he, he really likes that. He thinks he thinks those two um, are kind of his best bets this week. So mm. I think there we the consensus is the three of us we all kind of like the same group yeah. of people and we've just opted for slightly I mean Jason and I are on Fina and you're on Horshaw and we all kind of like Hoagie but Jason's in on his pool to play, uh, bit the bit yeah. if you like so yeah. um, his next pick is here as well Jason Day at 40 to 1 uh, he was originally on Harris English but went to Jason Day he said he's caught the eye massively recently and he thinks he's certainly looking at top 10 top 20 as well um, I looked at sort of Jason Day and tried to figure out no, we were on him last time, weren't we? Yeah, and I just wondered whether this was a goal, of course, that we could trust him on. And he's been 28th here, uh, you know, years ago. I think it was right back in like 2009, which would be kind of when he was coming out. Uh, he played here three years ago and missed the cut, but that doesn't necessarily bother me too much given what he's, you know, been like in recent years. Yeah. I can't think of a time, and I, th- I think. I think when I did look back, he's he's had like a second at like the Puerto Rico or the Corrales or something at the yeah. start of his career. Uh, yeah, second at the Puerto Rico to Michael Bradley in 2009. That's not aged very well, is it? Um, so Michael Bradley wins. Jason Day, Brett Quigley second. Seems uh, seems like Jason Day probably shouldn't have been at that event. Um, so I suppose you, you can say that from Puerto Rico. I mean, the trouble is when you get these kind of elites or previously elites, so you won't have a lot of data of them playing the Corrales and the Puerto Rico that link well. Um, no. He doesn't really play like Sony Open and things like that. Do we do we know enough about Jason Day? Or are we just is I'm Jason sure. sort of taking a chance that he's just playing really well? Yeah, I think it's more of the, the, the second case, to be honest. Because um, I, I looked at him as well. Because you mean he did give a good account for himself last time out. He did. CJ Cup gave us a good little run again, but um, just falling short. Stats were still good. Um, but yeah, like you, I just don't think there's a strong enough case that this is his kind of test. You know, I think that would be targeting elsewhere, would be my argument. Um, and now he's about 40 to 1, still an all right price. But um, yeah, I think there are some better options out there. It's a tough one because, like, I would like Jason Day at the 70s and 80s that he was at when we bet him, mm. because I think he can just win in any field. Like, I don't. I think if, if he plays well on a certain week, he's mentally strong enough to win this or the Masters. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a problem, right? So, yeah, I would almost want the price, but then you have to look at it and think, actually, is 40 to one in Jason Day's current form in a weak field really really good so it's mm-hmm. it's it's a really tough balance that but he's eighth, eighth and 11th in his last two in strokes gain approach fifth and 19th strokes gain tee screen so his ball striking is definitely in excellent shape um oh, i just have concerns because because there's not enough data to go on like if he'd have played here five years and had top 20s and stuff like that and you know we, we could see rounds where he's gone low i'd probably have gone with him but mm-hmm. um just just not enough evidence for me that like it's, it's a bit of a hunch um, someone that has got plenty of uh, evidence and someone that I am very, very um, keen on this week is Brendan Todd. Um, <laughs> I, I looked at Brendan Todd and I think we were having this conversation, either the three of us or maybe just me and Jason at one point, of like, has he, like, he went away, came back again, and is he ever going to be the same type of thing? Um, 
And to me, I think he he's actually got another chance. Like, it's you look at it. He's got two top nine finishes so far this season. Fortunate championship in the CJ Cup. He won here out of the wilderness, basically, because uh, he won the Bermuda Championship, didn't he? And then won back one back. year yeah. back to back. Um, before his win in 2019, he was 49th. It was his best finish. Two missed cuts at this golf course. And then he's finished first, eighth, and eleventh. And the things I really liked about the, the the two subsequent efforts, eighth when you're the defending champion, have all that hoopla around you is pretty impressive mm-hmm. as it is. Eleventh, he wasn't in good form uh, coming in. He was he was struggling with his game again. Um, managed to, to piece it together for eleventh place finish here. You look at him. I talked about Tony Fina with par four performance. Uh, Brendan Todd ranks eleventh in that, and I think he's got like thirty two under par in that time, but. He's it's only him and it's only Finau and Sungjae that are above him in terms of people that have shot forty rounds or more in that time. He's also eleventh in driving accuracy in that time, sixty nine point three percent of fairways. He was tenth at the Fortnite, eleventh at the CJ Cup in terms of T to green, and fourth and second in strokes again approach at those two events as well. Broken seventy, twelve rounds in a row here. Seven of those have been rounds of sixty seven or better. I don't think there's a better bet in this part of the betting board no. than Brendan Todd. Almost feels too obvious, doesn't it? Like his, and his stats are so good at the CJ Cup as well. Like yeah. He's hitting the ball really well. Um, just off the tee was a, a bit wayward, which is not normally the case. Yeah. Um, but look, he obviously gets a spark whenever he comes back here. Uh, and he's playing well. Like, What more can you want? Like, I think 50 to 1 is a pretty generous. Like considered. when you when you think about the fact that, like I said, he he wasn't in form when he finished that eleventh here last year. He was eighth yeah. when he was defending champion and was That's still big. kind of figuring out like his game, wasn't he? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I really like that. So if he doesn't do it, he's going to be in for a long season. I think like, if he doesn't contend here, because this is yeah. a really good time to take advantage of good form. Do you know what I mean? Like I think mm-hmm. things align for people at the right time, and and he will want to take advantage of it. Um, but just looking at last year, when he was 11th, he was 22nd, I think it was, at the Fortinet. He missed the cut, uh, maybe at the Sanderson, then he was 62nd in the Zozo in the 78-man field, then mm-hmm. finished his 11th here. This time, two ninth-place finishes, or ninth and eighth so far this season. Um, I just yeah. think he's I think he's class. Um, Only one missed cut. Yeah, no, it's all there. And, and he's going to miss cuts because... You know, he doesn't suit every golf course. There's very limited mm. amounts, um, and this is one of them. Uh, so, yeah, really like Brendan Sod. Yeah. Going to come on to your middle pick here. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee so Hodges. We can talk about Lee Hodges, and then I'm going to sort of bounce around this kind of range as well. Okay, okay. Um, so let's go with Lee Hodges, and then I'm going to talk about another couple of Yeah, so Lee Hodges, I've uh, got him at 80 to 1, eight places, and he had a pretty good rookie year last mm-hmm. year. Like, yeah. Finished tied third at the, the Amex and tied ninth at Honda Classic. Those are two standout performances. Um, also finished the season pretty strong. Tied 13th at the St. Jude Invitational. And it sort of seems as though he's carried it into this year. Like he's got off to a pretty good start. Tied 30th at the Sanderson Farms. Tied 23rd at the Zozo. And tied 7th last time out of the CJ Cup. And he hit his irons really well. He ranked 10th in approach. Also ranked 25th off the tee, which is decent enough. Um, hasn't played here before, and if you look at his results at sort of comp events such as the Sony and RSM Classic, where he missed both the cuts last year, it could be quite 
easy to sort of jump to the conclusion that uh, this might not be for him. Um, but if you look a bit deeper into his past results, you can see quite a lot of coastal form. There's 13 for the Puerto Rico Open. Um, and then on the Corn Ferry Tour, he has a tied third at the Panama Championship, tied fifth at Emerald Coast Classic, tied seventh and 11th at the Com Suncoast Classic, which uh, Griffin showed up at, yeah. um, and a tied 16th in the Bahamas. Um, so you could, could also argue that the, the tied third at the Amex could be a good look as well, like given the players that have shown up at both events in the past, uh, Long, a previous winner, uh, he's, and Siwoo Kim as well. Uh, they both have really good records here. Um, there's just plenty there to suggest he can turn up on a track like this. Um, in regards to his missed cuts, um, like at the Sony and the RSM um, last year, I think he was still finding his feet uh, at that at this level like at the time. Like he, I think his best result was like tied 27th or something up and up to them events. So I, I think he's fully fully established now. He's got some good experience under his belt, and uh, he looks like a player trending. In the right direction, so I think at eighty to one, he's a he's a good bet. So I think I think one of the important things you said there is he was finding his feet, and I think that there's some players that go straight in and and rattle off fifth, sixth, seventh place finish, like a Taylor Montgomery's doing at the moment, right? That like, yeah. they just carry on their form straight away, like Grillo won very early, etc. Um, and there's some people that take a year, and if you keep your card and put in decent performances, certainly towards the end of the season when you you look to have established yourself, when you can relax and go right, I'm at the PJ Tour and this is the level I'm playing at now. I think I think that's a good sign that, that someone's blending into that. And then you have to consider they're seeing the golf courses for a second time. Mm-hmm. Like most of these players that, that we're kind of talking about here is that, you know, I mean, Hodges didn't play here last year, but like, you know, if if it was, is is kind of, you know, an impressive thing to see it's how they can go. Yeah. yeah, like I think just being on the tour for the second year is important for him. He's, yeah. a, he's a guy definitely... I looked at him for first run either almost every week towards the end of last season because he, mm. I think he had a few of those or definitely contended for them. Um, so yeah, I like Lee Hodges. I think he's a good player. Um, is he ready to win? Probably. I think so. I think in this kind of field, it depends who you get down the stretch, right? Like you see, yeah. it really does depend. Like you, you could end up going against Brendan Sword or you could end up going against mm. Scotty Scheffler and he probably yeah. collapses against one of them and not the other. That's um, right. And, and it's really hard to work out. I mean, you look at Victor Hovland beat Carlos Ortiz last year. Victor Hovland beat Aaron Wise the year before. Brendan Todd beat Adam Long, Carlos Ortiz, Vaughan Taylor. Like, you don't always get the two superstars leading the way, right? No. So I think there's a there's definitely potential for a Lee Hodges, especially if there's like a, a bit of a draw bias or something, like a yeah. Lee Hodges and, and Hayden Buckley, let's say, um, mm-hmm. you know, go down the stretch uh, on the final day. And, you know, it's a completely different way of, of finishing off rather than going against a, a Sheffield or someone like that. So, yeah, lo- long way fun. of saying that I think he's a good pick. Um, <laughs> I mentioned Buckley there sort of on purpose because he had a 12th place finish at the Sony Open. Um, and I just, I think that in itself is pretty impressive. I think he finished 13th for the Corrales as well, uh, yeah. which is on the Paz Pelham Greens. Fifth place finishes at Zozo, 14th for the US Open, suggests he's kind of a better player than he was this time last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, missed the cut at the 14th at the start of the year, but then finished 19th at the Sanderson, 20th at the Shriners, and 5th at the Zozo. You mentioned the Lecom Suncoast Classic last week and this week, and he's won mm-hmm. that. Um, I just think that I had this impression of Hayden Buckley at first, that he was this kind of wayward hitter that was going to sort of take advantage of power. 
and then all of a sudden it looks mm. like he's actually a bit more of an accurate type that needs his oh, contact. Oh no, yeah, he, he's he's a he's a really good ball striker. Like he would top the charts on the Corn Ferry tour. So yeah, I think he will definitely um, be this his kind of test. You know where the ball strikers come to to the top. Yeah, and I think I think this is a range now. So Joel Damon is another one I like. He's won the Corrales. And I was thinking back to... I don't know, were you on the podcast when we did the Zozo? Um, yeah. I, I picked Joel Damon that week. And one of my sort of reasons for it was, other than the fact that he was 11th and 12th in approach and 1st and 11th in Caesar Green uh, going in, was the fact that he'd won in Corrales. And I thought winning outside of the US was like a, a big mm. sort of value. And then you come into the fact that the Corrales links really, really well with this event. You look at his course form. I think he's made five straight cuts here. Um, nothing massive. He finished sixth uh, in 2019. He he finished 66-65, which is actually really impressive for someone that hasn't won often or you know probably hasn't even won at that time. Um, he was fifth going into the weekend two years ago. Finished 20th. He was 45th last year, but open with a 65. Um, he's actually just very very consistent here. Like generally mm-hmm. speaking, breaks 70 almost every time. So I do like Joel Damon. I think the way that he's striking the ball, the way that he played at the Zozo. Uh, do I see Joel Damon winning if it comes to the players that we mentioned that could be contending? Probably not. But mm, no, it's... I could possibly see it. Yeah, I, I think he's in. Like these are two players that, um, funnily, you mentioned that were on my shortlist. You know, yeah. so it is a process of elimination. But I quite like Damon. And I really liked uh, Buckley. Um, you can't take them all, but yeah, I like I like them both. Yeah, and this is the thing. I'm I'm having this. I really like this event, and then the reason I really like this event is because I always think there's a lot of value in it because these second tier players or probably third tier at this point, you've probably yeah, got what, a tier above them. There's going to be one or two of them that's going to be there on a Sunday. I, I think this 80 to 1 range, 66 to 1 to 80 to 1 range, is just as likely to produce... Well, yeah. uh, no, I don't know. You can't really say that because that's different maths. But like they're, they're very likely to be in the mix. And mm-hmm. whether it's Damon, Shelton, Buckley, Stracker... Aaron Rye, just Aaron to piss Aaron Rye, off. just to piss us off, yeah. Um, it, it could be any one of those. Uh, I mentioned again Stracker there. I think this could be a good golf course for him. So they were kind of almost. So I've, I've got to make a decision between Damon and Buckley probably um, because I've already got Fina. I've already got Brendan Todd, who I really like, and the one that we're going to come on and talk about that we're both in agreement with. And one thing I'm hoping people pick up on the fact is that you've gone with um, Horschel uh, at the top of the board. Yeah. and um, Hodges, and then you're going to go with Garrick Higo, which gives us the, the Triple H gift no, that you Triple sent me H, baby. In, the, in, the, in the group chat earlier. Um, yeah. <laughs> I probably should have some sort of uh, soundboard going off at this point, but that involves editing. That's too fancy for us. Yeah, too much for me, uh, production value. But I will let you give your reasons for Garrick Higo, and then I'll just follow okay. him. So we all know that like, the upside with Higo, bags of potential, but he's just very boom or bust misses a load of cuts but if he does find himself up the top of a leaderboard he's likely to contend or even win you know, yeah. um, he's much better already this year tie third at the Sanderson Farms missed out on the playoff by a shot missed cut at the Shriners then a tied 29th last week at Bermuda Championship just that one bad day came in round three shot 74 but then closed with a final round of 64 which I always like to see he's going to give him a boost coming into the event. Um, he continues to hit his irons really well. 
ranked third for greens and regulation, which is the same as what he ranked at the Sands and Farms. Also, is 21st for driving accuracy and third for ball striking. Um, and as we said earlier, Tom, like, could argue like his biggest weapon, the driver is slightly negated at this course, but I simply can't ignore like the ball striking numbers because Hovland also packed a punch off the tee and he was ranked first in ball strike in the last two years as he went on to win both times. Um, he's played it once before. Last year, where he was sat in 17th going to the final round before he shot a 75 to drop down to 64th. Uh, shot a second round of 63, which shows what he's capable of doing around here. And he totally dominated the Canary Island swing early, early part of the last, uh, last year on the DP World Tour. He won twice and tied eight in the other event. And I'm pretty certain the greens were Pathbulum, which is what is used here. Um, yeah. Mark Hover. So that can only be another positive. So, yeah, I just think for 125 to one, eight places, there's just there's too much upside. Yeah. So I, you've basically left no stone unturned in, in what I was going to have. I thought I might be able to add uh, a couple of points to it. But for me, um, I just think that it's being overlooked what he's doing and and by mm-hmm. that i mean that he um you know, that that driving accuracy of tied 21st last week and i've got that written down because i wanted to see how he performed at bermuda knowing that he wasn't going to use driver there and i think mm-hmm. that's a really important thing to look out for that if you're going to back a long hitter like a now, like a scheffler like whoever you need to know what they're like when they yeah have driver out of their hands down, yeah so the only thing you didn't say about that 64 yesterday was the fact that he actually had 10 birdies on Sunday and a double bogey and still shot a 64. Like, that is absolutely... didn't even realise that. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous that he had a double bogey. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, could have shot a 62. Um, the second round 63 you've already mentioned here last year. The fact that he shot that second round 63, then shot a 69. I always think it's hard to follow up a a low yeah, 60s is. round so I like the fact that he's shot in the 60s again fine around 75 and I think it's about people like Higo and I say there's an awful lot it's an excuse it's definitely an excuse because you're trying to bet them right mm-hmm. is he trying too hard on that final day to get inside the top 10 mm. because he's in, he's in 19th place going into that final day he knows if he picks yeah. up five or six shots on the day that he's going to get inside the top 10 maybe even contend so. he's the type that isn't content with finishing 17. So you see these you see these people that like This was pre Palmetto, wasn't it? Yes. Um, before we've won, I'm pretty sure. I'm having a look now. So if if you think about the, the fact that like you look at like a Russell Knox or a uh Chris Kirk or whoever that have made careers grinding those kind of seventeenth, eighteenth place finishes multiple times, knowing that when they win, you know, when they get a chance they can win, but they're quite happy to just kind of sit there and ride the wave and keep their card. Yeah. Gary Higo isn't content with that. Like he's done nothing but win his whole career. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, every where he's gone, every level he's won uh, very very quickly. I think he did. He have two wins on the the Sunshine Tour uh, in twenty nineteen. Yeah. I think it was that he had two wins there. Was it twenty two wins? Yeah, two wins. Uh, I think I think one. Yeah, no, it was yeah. one win in um, twenty twenty one in two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so he goes twenty nineteen he has one win in the Sunshine Tour, which is the same year that he turned pro. Twenty twenty comes back with another win at the tour championship. Then he wins the in Portugal on the European Tour in twenty twenty. Two wins on the DP yeah. World Tour again in twenty twenty one and another win on the PJ Tour in uh, twenty twenty one. He's still only a young man. And he's still twenty three. Like I think yeah. people are 
you know. I think it's because he misses so many bloody loads cuts. of cuts, loads of cuts. And and that's, think... well, that's that's the upside of backing him, you know. You have these big digits because he can win, and he yeah. won't. He's someone that his ass won't twitch. Like if he's playing well, he's playing well. Yeah. Like if he's um, going down the the stretch, I I don't feel I've ever seen him really blow up um, in contention. I don't think so. As far no. as I'm aware, so um, yeah, he's got a good um, good head on his shoulders in that sense. And I just, I just think that because you get that value on him, it, you know, people think, oh, he's never going to do it again. Like it was, he won the pound meso and he's not going to come back. He, he just, he only knows winning. That's all he knows. Like even at the Shriners when he missed the cut, he shot a second round sixty-eight to give himself a chance. Like not all missed cuts are, are equal. Yeah. Like do I care that he missed the fourth net cut to, you know, in relation to this? No. Do I care the fact that he missed the cut of Wentworth? Shooting a second round 69, no, not really. It was a, a bit of a strange event that week. Wyndham, not bothered. Rocket Mortgage, not bothered. Like, you can't you can't just rule them all out. Like, you can't, you know, miscuts and miscuts, right? But there's certain that make, you know, more sense. You, you mentioned there that the Paz Palin Green's at Canaries. And to me, I'd rather look at what he done last year. He's got a second look at it. Uh, and the Green's in regulation last week, absolutely ridiculous. Like, 77.8% of Green's yeah. last week. Uh, led the, you know, he will do when he shoots a 64 with 10 birdies. He, he led with 88.9% of the greens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst he did all week, 66.7% of the greens on Friday. So, yeah, a, a lot to like about There's Derek Hill. so much to like about him. And look, he's, well, he could miss cut, but there's still, there's, there's still much, there's such a great argument for him. So if he does, he does. But. That's what you get of him, and he's at that price. And if you if he's in contention, you, you're licking your lips, aren't you? Do you know who he feels a bit like? And he's another person I looked at that I haven't got to in the end. And the reason I haven't got to is because he goes double the price. Is Cameron Champ? Mm-hmm. He he feels like Cameron Champ yeah. that you trust when he's in contention. They've both got a similar skill set in the fact that they love hitting driver everywhere, um, which means they get overlooked at courses like this and and actually perform well. Um, but he's 125 to one here go and and or 150 to one in a place if, if you can get it. Um, whereas Cameron Champ is 66, and and rightly so. I don't think there's anything wrong with the Cameron Champ price. I just think that no. he goes is better. Or Champ is 80 to one as well. So just yeah. I, I think that, that there's just a bit of a golf in what people think about Higo and and what is true. I think so, which helps in our favour. It does. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've mentioned the kind of other people that I liked near Damon, Stracker, Buckley. Um, Danny Willett, I thought was interesting, interesting because he has, and they're not similar by any means, they're not even the same greens or anything like that, but he's won on a Greg Norman design at the DP World Tour Championship. He was 8th at the Corrales on Paz Palom Grass, 18th at the Heritage, which is kind of a short test, isn't it? Um he was 7th at the 3M, 9th at the at Crans. He was 2nd at Fortinet, where obviously no, he should have won. He was 40th at the CJ Cup, but was actually 14th at the halfway stage. And last year, he shot four rounds of um, 70 or better. Well, he shot four rounds of sub-70 last year. I just think this is a type of golf course that Danny Willett could go well on. Like, 27th mm-hmm. on your debut with 3.68s and a 69. Suggests yeah. he never really found his putting stroke. Um, which is absolutely fine. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. I don't remember him being in the best of form coming into this last year. I know he'd, he'd actually, no, that's not true. He'd obviously won Dunhill Links, hadn't he? Because I was on him um, for there. But 
it just seems to be that he's playing well on the PJ Tour again, which I think is mm. is a big aspect. Um, so, just looking at his stats, it looked like he heavily relied on his putter last that, week. That's what I'm worried about. Like, I, I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily know that he's playing that well, which is why he's kind of just on the the long shortlist. Whereas you've yeah. been really smart and and cut all your players out. I'm, I'm talking to these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah doing you. that as we go. Yeah, <laughs> using you as a sounding board, really. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I think that would be obviously a main concern there is that how much of it is a bit mm. false uh, in that respect. Do you think you can go further Oh, I down? do. I think you can. I really do. I think you could possibly look at some players like uh, Danny Lee or uh, who's got form here in the past and he showed glimpses at the Zozo. Yeah. You could show. I think you should go that you could go there for a, if you're looking for a big bomb. Um, other than that, Zach Zach Blair. I don't know. <laughs> Zach Blair comes up comes up every now and then in these events. Yeah. And I just think... Um. I maybe. I'm not sure. These are more like top twenty plays probably. I quite like Justin. Sir. Sir. Yeah. yeah. Really liked him, but he's. I think he's just been put up. I was eyeing him up for a top twenty. Um. But yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to get a good price about that now because I've just seen someone's put him up. So um, Danny Lee had two rounds of uh, no, 60. he had a 68 and a 65, didn't he? Yeah, that's why he's, I think he's a good, I think he's someone to consider. The, I think definitely in the first round leader market is yeah, where because he, he loves getting out hot and this is a good course for him. Yeah. So if you're taking him out right, you've got to take him first round leader or else you're just going to be screwing. Yeah, I love Danny Lee in the first round leader market most weeks anyway, but this is his mm. course. I mean, if we talk about people having favourite courses, he must you know circle this every year, mustn't he? Because oh, God, yeah. he's got a second, a third, a seventh, two top 26 finishes and he's had a couple of withdrawals from here, but otherwise plays you know incredibly well. He's actually fifth I've gone right away back to... One of his to... withdrawals was pretty weird as well, I think, if I remember rightly. It was like he... Weren't Started he? okay or something. And then yeah, I, I looked earlier. The thing I like about it is that he's actually... If you go right back to the start of, you know, form counting here in 2007, he is fifth in terms of course form. Mm. And he's made some, you know, plenty of starts in that time. Yeah, that's and it was 26th greens in regulation at Zozo. 12th driving accuracy like he's actually coming in after making uh, like some good numbers there shot 65 in round three you know you can definitely make a case for Danny Lee this week yeah I agree I um I'll tell you one that would hurt would be Adam Long because it's right slapping you in the face yeah I put him up last week at 50 to 1 thinking I was being smart he did okay nothing special and now I'm not going to take him 80 to 1 in the course that he's finished second, third, and 22nd at. <laughs> and at a better price. At a better price at 80 to 1. I know, obviously, you've got to contend with the fact that there's no, better I've players five, here. But... Five big boys are here, yeah. Um, <sighs> I know. It's just sort of, when you're trying to, like, trying to be all smart and clever, and then suddenly he goes and wins. But my, my idea was like he was, he was 50 to 1 last week. In a in a much weaker field, he yeah. was gonna be thirty three to one this week when he played well last week. That was my kind of line of thinking. He doesn't mm-hmm. play that well last week, uh, so he comes in here at eighty to one. I uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough. One. Even when he was twenty second last week, he shot three round. Uh, last year, he shot three rounds of six eight or better. Just mm-hmm. he's a tough one. But I, just, I, just, I honestly think that that's sixty to 
80 to 1 range is just littered with people. It is. I mean, Brandon Wu could also come yep. again, you know, after having been pretty. He was quite popular last week. He's got loads of form, like Comp Force um, history that suggests he's just going to love this test. I tell you who I looked at for you like your top forties, Brad. I know we're, we're yeah. going off, a bit off topic here, but we'll we'll wrap it up soon. But um, for top forties, I thought Ben Martin was interesting. Mm-hmm. He's gone thirty fourth and thirteenth in his two cuts in terms of strokes gain approach. Um, he's he's uh, T's green game is not great uh, overall, but at this golf course, uh, he's got thirty first, forty second, and twentieth place finishes when he's made the cut. Uh, and just looking at his current form, it's 67, 67th miscut, 64th, 49th, which looks dreadful. And you you think, why am I backing, backing him at top 40 when he hasn't done it for four events, right? But when he was 67th, he was 8th at the halfway stage at the Fortinet and 25th after three rounds and shot a final round 79. When he missed the cut, he bounced back from a 75 with a 68. Yeah. When he was uh, 64th at the Shriners, he was very much 64th and did nothing. Close with a 66. But last week at the Bermuda, opens with a 64 to sit 8th after round 1, 24th after round 2. Progressively 13th. worse, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 13th after round 3. And then all of a sudden, he's, he's 49th. I just I think on a course like that, he could do he could do a top 40. Yeah. Um, I like and, it. Well, he's and, finished in the top, inside the top 40 twice here in the past. So. Yeah, I just mm. I, I think he's got uh, potential. Yeah, three, I like that. Yeah, twice in the past and 42nd as well on another occasion. When he was 42nd, he was fourth after round two. So mm. uh, likes this golf course. And the other one that I thought you might have had some interest in uh, just because of the old correlated courses and stuff like that, Chad Ramey uh, yeah. was 28th at the Shriners. He was sixth after round two. He was 69th at the Zodo, which is crap, but had a second round 67. And he's coming back to a, he hasn't he didn't play here last year, which I thought was strange because he won the Corrales, didn't he? Um, mm-hmm. Which you know is a course that suggests that he would like this kind of test. Yeah. So he's four hundred to one in the Also, has a, he has a second as well in uh, in Mexico from on the Corn Ferry. Yes, tour. which is is that is that the event that then turned into Mexico Open last year or no? I think it might have been, yeah. So yeah, if, yeah. if if it is, then that's impressive. And he was fifth at the Puerto Rico Open in 2022. So he's got he's got the win at the Corrales. Mm-hmm. He's got the second in Mexico on the deep. And he missed the cut like just narrowly last week, didn't he? Yeah. Just having a look now. Yeah, exactly Sixty-seven that. round two. So mm. yeah. So so like wins, it, wins the Corrales, like second in Mexico, fifth at the Puerto Rico. Um, four hundred to one. Eight. Four hundred to one. 17th at Bermuda last year, 11th for that Lee Kong classic that you always like. Yeah, that could be a, uh, now that is the top 40 bet, I think. He, he's he's the one that I'd be looking at if, if I was uh, I could probably see him doing a top 20. I don't, I don't think that's beyond him. Yeah. He was he got very hot, didn't he, for a, for a decent period of time? Oh, he did, yeah. Like everyone just kind of lumped in on him, and I think people haven't quite forgiven him for not producing <laughs> much in that. Um, and and that's what it is, isn't it? Let's just look mm-hmm. at his. He's five to two for a top forty currently. Uh, with I think we'll get time. better than that. I, th- I think tomorrow is when Paddy Power. Um, that's when you will... see. That's when you see the prices, is it? Yeah, that's I... that's uh, that's when you start to see some good numbers. Paddy Power and Betfair. Um, yeah. At the moment, it's just Bet three six five out. I don't know if Skybet 
it's a shame really because Boyle Sports used to be brilliant for them as well but they've stopped them this year is that because they've gone like 10 places on the each way or something ridiculous might well be no they did it though while they were doing still offering 10 places so I think they just obviously were just getting shafted by the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've set themselves up some of the numbers were crazy so. yeah Right, I, I think that's probably about it. I think once mm-hmm. we start talking about 401 shots uh, in the top 40 market, we've probably uh, ready to summarise our picks. Up, yeah. um, not because I, I mean, look, me and you, Brad, we could probably talk, you know, as Jason as well, we could probably talk three hours of golf, and sometimes yeah, we have, so. and that's our uh, that's our downfall, unfortunately. Um, but let's summarise them. I'm going to give Jason's picks first. So. Uh, Tony Finau, Tom Hoagie and Jason Day are the ones that he gave us. Uh, he will follow up with his Bet Victor articles and things like that, so keep an eye out for those. Um, for me, I'm definitely going with Tony Finau, Brendan Todd, Garrick Higo are my, my three certainties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm going to put Joel Damon in there as well. Nice. So then I've got a decision to make about Hayden Buckley and Adam Long. And I think I've got to make it before you get after you give your picks because otherwise it doesn't really count so you give us the triple h for the week so the triple h is billy horschel 20 oh he's 18 to 1 now best price um which is totally fine with me uh lee hodges 80 to 1 eight places and garrick higo 125 to 1 eight places they're my three so i'm just looking at adam long he was 20th last week in greens and regulation they actually was fourth in the final round uh, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, greens regulation, so that's helping that's his cause. What about his driving accuracy? That doesn't strike me as something that would have gone particularly well for him given his scores. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, 43rd. So he had one good round. He was top 10 on the third day. So his driving accuracy is what put him off. I'm going to go with Adam Long. I think I think for me to take him at it would hurt too much. Yeah, for me to take him at fifty to one last week, trying to be smart, to then not take him at eighty to one on the golf course, he's been absolutely electric yeah. on. Especially when when you consider the fifty third at the Zozo started with him eleventh after round one, thirteenth after round two, twenty first after round three, thirtieth mm. at the Sands and Farms, and he's coming into a course where he's second, third, and twenty second. Um, it would be nuts for me not to. Uh, back Adam Long so Adam Long for me so Tony Finau uh, Brendan Todd Adam Long Garrick Hicko uh, and Joel Damon for me like it selections. Brad as ever that was a little bit jumbled I, I think I think I got I think I got very excited in that event uh, I do really really like the, I love the this event and it's the last time we're going to see it because apparently Liv have got a deal with it um, oh, they're going to take it away from us is what I've seen well that that might be the only time I've ever been potentially really angry. Uh, Sorry uh, to bring that up right at the end. But... Yeah, you, you've struck a dagger in me. Um, that's what uh, I've heard. Just... So the, the one the one thing that you do not get here is shot tracker, don't you? That you don't get shot yeah, tracker. We didn't get week. it last week at the Bermuda either. No, so this is where you have to go with the, the traditional stats of greening regulation. But um, no, I think that's everything, Brad. Um, yep. One event this week, and then as I say, if you're still here at this point, next week. Uh, Tuesday for the podcast. Challenge, Challenge Tour as well is being shown on Sky Sports Golf, the it Challenge is. Tour Grand Final, which is going to be a good watch this week. Which I, I trust you've put, select, have you put selections up already? Yeah, on the yeah I've, put, I've put some up, they've been up for ages, the odds, so I've been, uh, been up, they've put them up, and uh, I will say that Daniel Hillier, off his, off his performance last week on a, a Spanish coastal 
track is um, is probably going to be the pick of the bunch. Sixteen to one, Daniel Hillier. Uh, yeah, co favourite, isn't he, with with Schmidt and Johansson? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have a little look into that because every now and then I, I look into Challenge Tour just to kind of make me feel a part of what you're doing week on week. Um, and and sometimes I've had a, a bit of success when I throw a message in saying, "What about this guy?" Um, yeah. So I might have a little look into there. Um, how many players are in there, Brad? I think 40, 43 maybe. Okay, so a, no, no, there is a rounded up number. I can't remember what it was. So it's a shorter field this week. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Shorter which field. Is, which is why you're obviously getting the 16 to 1 joint favourite. So, mm-hmm. excellent. I think that's everything we need to talk about. Brad, thank you as everybody. Um, Cheers, Tom. We shall catch up during the week and I look forward to uh, another winner. Mm-hmm. Best of luck.